This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 269, How to Use the Arts to Become Fluent in English with TEDx speaker Mindy Young. Welcome to the All Ears English Podcast, downloaded more than 7 million times. We believe in connection, not perfection, with your American hosts, Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, and Michelle Kaplan, the New York radio girl, coming to you from Boston and New York City, USA. In today's episode, you'll find out how to use music, paintings, poetry, and dance to reach that higher level of English that you are looking for. Hey guys, thanks for listening to All Ears English. Welcome, and today we have a special guest on the show. Our guest is a TEDx speaker, a sought-after director, choreographer, actor, and teacher. Our guest is also the owner of ESL Arts Advantage, a language program devoted to teaching ESL utilizing theater, music, and movement. Our guest today is Mindy Young. Welcome, Mindy. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Glad to be here. Good. I'm so glad you could join us. This is great. So you are really immersed in the arts in your school, ESL, ESL Arts Advantage. Isn't that right? Yes, absolutely. That experiential learning that moves you emotionally and makes you really want to get, get learning more and more and more because it's so fun. Yeah, I'm really glad you're here today because I think that a lot of our listeners are really stuck in their heads when it comes to learning languages because that's the only way that they've seen in the past, right? They've always learned English in a classroom with teachers and grammar books, but maybe it would be great if there were other ways that we could do it. And I have a feeling that you have some tips to that end. Is that right? I do. In fact, my students at the university would always joke, are you going to make us play silly games? And I said, absolutely. We're going to have such fun. You won't realize you're learning. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, that's the key, isn't it? To not realize that you're learning, to be so engaged in something physically, emotionally, that you are learning. You're really internalizing the language, but you don't realize it. It doesn't feel like work. Right. It then becomes communication. Yeah, real. So that's really what we're going after. So, Mindy, let's get specific. Can you give us three basic tips on how our listeners could use the arts to improve their English? A lot of our listeners are at the upper intermediate level and they're ready for some new ideas. Well, if they haven't already started getting really excited about American music, maybe American pop music, Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe songs, uh, maybe from the Beatles, or yeah. any music that inspires them with lyrics in English that they could look up um, songs like the new Bruno Mars song, up, Uptown Funk, mm -hmm. and they uh, look up the lyrics and then go through and listen to the song, practice saying the song lyrics in time with the music. Um, okay doing it repetitively so that it's happening and that it starts to flow off the tongue just as easily as the singer who's singing it himself. Um, oh, also I like that. To, they might, may come along some new um, terms that, that they've never heard before that they can listen to or some new vocabulary that they've never heard, but it, it's really popular and 
today's culture. And I mm-hmm. sometimes when we're listening to music, we're, we're discovering this song that we want to listen to more than once. And it might be more fun than a workbook. Absolutely. I'm sure it's a lot more fun than a workbook. And what about karaoke? Do you recommend karaoke as a good way <laughs> to, to do that, to use music? Well, the thing I like about singing specifically is that you're having to pronounce the words and you're having to maybe hold some vowels longer than you naturally would when you're just speaking. But in oh. that holding of the vowel, when you're singing a song, you're getting all of the those diphthongs in to your pronunciation. And so often mm. the singing can help with pronunciation. Ooh, yeah, absolutely. Pronunciation and intonation, too, I would imagine. Isn't that right? Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's the, so the best uh, go-to songs that you would recommend would be anything by the Beatles and the Uptown Funk. I don't know about that song, but probably our listeners do. Is that a new one, you said? It's, an, it's a new one. And, you know, I, I like Bruno Mars. So <laughs> <laughs> okay. music video to that has some great choreography that's kind of fun to catch along to. And oftentimes when we start moving a little or we connect a lyric to a movement, a specific movement, that, mm-hmm. that lyric will stick in our minds oh i like that i like that so that's another reason to use music it's something that's happening with the connection between our bodies and our minds that we might not be totally aware of right right and that muscle memory clicks it um and 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 it's hard to forget it you know i i learned songs when i was a in in elementary school that i still know to this day because i learned the lyrics to music and uh, learn to dance to it, and it's it's still there, and I'm 40 years old, you know? It- <laughs> yeah, so guys, don't be afraid to dance when you're learning English through music. Go ahead and just sway your body if you feel like it. I mean, why not? We have to drop our self-consciousness and just try to do that and enjoy it. That's awesome. Right. Very cool, Mindy, very cool. How about a second um, way that our listeners could use the arts to improve their English? What do you think? Well, I was thinking anything, anything text-related, like poetry, maybe Mm -hmm. short poems by maybe Shel Silverstein or Jack Prelutsky, those Mm. poems that are often silly and funny, um, but are almost, are almost, um, are so funny that you, you want to memorize it because you'll always get a laugh if you recite it. (laughs) Right. You're right. It's so much better to be learning English where it has meaning to us, right? Phrases that mean something to us in our lives. And that's what we can get through this poetry. I remember Shel Silverstein when I was growing up. I read a lot by him when I was a kid. That's a great one. Yes. And, and those poems are short enough to tackle and not be afraid to, to memorize it. Often also it, they'll use words that have a double meaning like the king who reigned instead of the king who instead of it's raining outside and so it can help your mind go back and forth between those silly English words that have more than one meaning yeah and I think that kind of double use of words is perfect for the all ears English audience because our listeners are like I said intermediate learners to advanced learners who would recognize a lot of those double meanings and how satisfying is it as a learner when you're at the point where you can recognize that double meaning in another language and then and then you really start to get the jokes 
Absolutely. Right. So if you guys want to understand jokes and start to tell jokes, an intermediate step might be to start reading poetry and looking for double meanings, right? You can't just go from not studying double meanings straight to telling jokes. There's got to be a step in the, in between. Right. Another fun thing that I, I learned about some language learners in Korea that would gather at a club or a restaurant um, and they would bring text scripts that they had downloaded from the internet of sitcoms like Seinfeld or Friends and they all assign each other characters and they would just read the script and they would read it out loud and then they really started to get the natural uh, tempo of the language and the jokes and the punchlines and so they had a lot of fun doing it. It was like a play reading group but they were reading scripts from popular sitcoms. Oh, what a cool idea. I know a lot of our listeners like the show Friends, and how fun would it be to take on one of the characters, right? To be Rachel or to be Ross, and to take on the intonation in Ross's voice and to actually play out a typical episode. I've never heard of that idea, but it's a fantastic one. So we want to challenge you guys, our listeners, if you have a couple of friends that you want to recruit to try this, just hang out at a cafe on a Friday and grab the script and try to do this. That's a fantastic idea, Mindy. Thank you for that. Great. (laughs) And how about a third way that our listeners could use the arts? Did you have one other idea you wanted to mention? Well, I would love to, I know for me, visual art is very inspiring. And I think one thing that really worked in my classroom was I would project an image of a famous painting, maybe by Van Gogh or Monet, something that that could um, inspire them emotionally as well as visually. And I would ask the students, no matter their level, to just start writing as many descriptive words as came to mind but then I would start having them describe what they're seeing in full sentences and often Mm. words like the stars are curvy or the stars (laughs) are flowing uh, uh, were new words to them and so Mm. a lot of descriptive detail a lot of descriptive vocabulary that maybe hadn't come up quite yet and it also then they got a little deeper this painting makes me feel sad It makes me feel, and they would start describing emotional things, which, you know, as an intermediate, um, once you really start to describe how something makes you feel, then then you know you're to some real language learning. Right. You're getting into some meaty stuff there. That's awesome. I love it. So this is really a vocabulary activity and a way to stretch your vocabulary. So guys, if you want to do this, just go to your local museum in your town or in your city and start identifying in English what you see, just the simple objects. And I like that this can be done for many different levels, right? Many, it's not just for intermediates. Is that correct? And, and you know, as you get more advanced, Forcing yourself to maybe journal about it or, you know, online or even just in a journal that you've got um, in full sentences. How can you make that thought a complete sentence that it's not just descriptive words, red, blue, but that but that you're really writing all of those connector words? 
Yeah, I love that. I love that. So you're able to go really deep just with a single painting. Imagine that. That's amazing. So we don't need fan necessarily, you know, fancy materials to be able to take our English to the next level. We can just get a pass to a museum or download a song on the Internet and use it effectively. Absolutely. Well, these have been really good tips, Mindy, and I'm very inspired about the way that you've been using the arts to teach your listeners. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your school? Well, so what we do is we create short-term programs for groups of students. Usually, they've been ages between 12 and 17. And we bring the students to America, and we put them in a school um, alongside American students. We call them American Buddies. So typically, we'll have a group of 50 Chinese students, and we'll put them in a group with 50 American students, and we will put on a Broadway musical-style show. Oh, wow. We'll all learn songs and dances, and um, we'll often do jokes where we'll we'll tell knock-knock jokes, but the, they have an American buddy that they're singing and dancing, and, and, we, and we call them their American mentors. We do a lot mm. of journaling about their experience, about what they learned in class, you know, and, and like I said with the songs, when they're talking about the song lyrics, what does the song make you feel? What do these lyrics mean to you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're they're memorized. They're singing. They're dancing. They're wearing costumes, and they're performing for an audience. After only oh. Wow, what a unique way to do it. And that's one thing, acting is one thing that we didn't mention today, but that's another really cool way to literally immerse yourself in the language, right? Right. Oh my gosh, you must see massive improvement in your students during that time. Right. And you know, the thing I've noticed the most is not, you know, we're not, they're not mastering the English language in in three weeks, but they are, their confidence goes up unbelievably. They're, they're, they're not afraid because I'm not I'm not giving them time to be afraid. They just have to do it. Have to They've got yeah, that's and that's an interesting thing about confidence. When you don't have time to be scared, you are confident, right? Right. And and because, you know, they've got to put their butt on the line and get on stage and they and they do it. And then they realize how well they did and they feel a sense of accomplishment and a sense of pride. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. And that's a great way to build momentum. You know, we talk on this show about momentum and confidence building, and that's it. Um, I love it. So where can our listeners find out more about your about your school, about what you're doing, if they want to check you out online? Where could they go? They can go to www.eslartsadvantage.com. Okay, perfect. Well, that's great. So we'll have them go over there and check that out if they're curious. And I want to say thank you, Mindy, for coming on the show and letting us know three really cool ways that, you know, we can use the arts to actually learn in a different way. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. And anyways, have a great day. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Take care. If you believe in connection, not perfection, and you want to put your ears into English more often, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes on your computer or on your smartphone. And hey, if you liked today's show, please let us know with a review in iTunes. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time.